let's talk about what could happen as we start to count down to the NFL draft. Tony Pauline is joining us, NFL and draft pro for Skeeta. I'm sorry. I see it here on my sheet, and I'm like, I can't see. Sportskeeta.com. I want to make sure that people have the right site, Tony. Hey, we appreciate you jumping on with us. It's Dukes and Bell. Let's talk about these quarterbacks because Mike and I are enamored with the top three guys. And is this a draft that you feel like one, two, three? I don't know what the order is going to be, but – you know, everybody's talking about Caleb Williams. How do you have this looking right now with where we're at? Yeah, I think it's going to be one, two, three. If you read my report uh, last week, actually from the Shrine game into the Senior Bowl, <clears throat> there are a lot of teams that are desperate to uh, move up and get a quarterback. Denver Broncos, the Giants would like to get up. I'm sure the Falcons would like to get one of the quarterbacks. But right now it looks like it's going – the teams at the top, the uh, <clears throat> Chicago Bears, the Washington Commanders, and the New England Patriots – are going to take the three quarterbacks, one, two, three, and it's going to, you know, if you want to move up and get get one of those quarterbacks and have one of those teams move down, it's going to be a king's ransom. I mean, they're going to want uh, huge amounts of picks. I, as I reported, Denver would consider uh, putting Patrick Sertain into that package as a last resort. I just don't see it happening. Right. And there's no reason. The other thing, Tony, is even if you do, I mean, these guys want to reset, especially, you know, Washington's got a new owner. You know, the Bears, I, I presume that you know, part of the strategy, they're going to trade. they got to find someone to trade with, obviously, to get Justin Fields off the roster. And I would think that, especially in New England, they want to get rid of Mac Jones. So all three would want to reset with those guys that we project to be those top three. And, you know, Washington and New England are starting over with new coaches, and the Bears are starting right. over with a new offensive coordinator. So, I mean, it all kind of makes sense. I mean, I think quarterbacks are overdrafted. My number one player in this draft, far and away, is Marvin Harrison. But, you know, as we've seen the past 20 years or so, quarterbacks are usually taking a half a round to a full round early. I do like these top three guys. I like the entire class of quarterbacks. I think there's some potential. But, you know, we've just seen so much emphasis on the position and and so many of the guys at the position, you know, being selected much earlier earlier than their grade warrants and ahead of better players. Tony, what does the edge rusher position look like? Yeah, it's, it's not really great. I, I mean, you got, you know, guys at the, in the middle of the first round, like Latea Latu of, of UCLA, who had a good uh, senior ball, Jared Verse of Florida State, who I think is going to go very early. He's a terrific player. Chop Robinson of uh, Penn State, who is one of my favorites. Uh, but it kind of dies off. I mean, you may be able to get a guy in day two, Chris Braswell of Alabama, Adisa Isaac of uh, Penn State, who had a real good uh, senior bowl, somebody like that who could help. Um, overall, it's not a really strong class. Uh, some guy, you know, in the past couple of years, we've seen defense, you know, rule the day in the NFL draft the past two days, especially at the top of the draft. This year, it's primarily offense. Tony Paulini is with us, guys. Check out the website, especially if you're like a draft nerd like we are. It's uh, sportskeeda, K-E-E-D-A dot com. Tony, the uh, the quarterbacks, if we were going to not be able to find a way through a trade or free agency, do you like Bo Nix? Uh, I, I, maybe I just caught him on a bad moment every time I watch the Senior Bowl, something bad was being thrown, or Michael Penix, because both those guys obviously would be there at eight if we tried to move down as well. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. I, I think those guys are day two selections. Uh, I mean, with Michael Penix, <clears throat> He's an overage guy. He's had a lot of injury concerns. He's been very spotty, I mean, really throughout his career. You don't know what you're getting from him uh, mm. quarter to quarter, if not game from game. And he's basically uh, tapped out uh, with, with Bo Nix. 
and, and you're right about what you said about Bo Nix at the Senior Bowl. I mean, Bo Nix came to the Senior Bowl. It was a major opportunity. <clears throat> if he showed a good fastball, if he showed the ability to drive the deep passes, get the ball through the uh, tight windows, there was, a, there was a real good chance he was going to go in the first round. He did none of that. So I think both of those guys, you know, you are looking at, you know, day two selections. I mean, <laughs> the wild card would be J.J. McCarthy, Michigan. Uh, I'm not a big fan of J.J. McCarthy's next-level potential. I think he was a sensational college quarterback who benefited from a great offensive line, a strong running game, and an outstanding coach. I just don't think he projects all that well. And I think McCarthy's one of those guys who could get overdrafted in uh, April. Yeah, it's interesting because Harbaugh, I heard him today talk about McCarthy, and, of course, that's his coach. But he said he's got great arm talent, and I'm like, I didn't see that. Like, yeah. I, I didn't see enough of that. What what am I missing about him uh, when we talk about J.J. McCarthy? I, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. So, yeah, you know, you, you're, preaching, you're preaching to the choir here. I agree with you. You know, he, he will make an occasional good deep throw. But it wasn't a consistent vertical game at, uh, at Michigan. It was a running game where, you know, the passing game would supplement that. Listen, I love McCarthy's moxie. I love his confidence. I think he's a great leader. But I also think he was put in a great situation at Michigan. And the more I watched the film on J.J. McCarthy, the less I liked him as a next-level uh, next prospect. And the fact is, you know, they didn't have him throw for a, while, uh, for a significant amount of throws per game. I think he's like 400 throws less than Caleb Williams. I, I wrote about it at Sports Skeeter, 300 less than uh, Drake May. And, and they didn't need to, but there's also a reason. And I did, they did have some good pass catchers there in Roman Wilson. And the receiver, Cornelius Johnson, the receiver, and they had a playmaking tight end, yet they relied on the running game for a reason. Yeah, as we said, the Penn State game was like, well, it wasn't even there. Hey, uh, Tony Paulina yeah. is with us, guys, in the Wayport.com hotline. All right, let's just say if we, we, we go crazy. We go, we come heavy, right? All the chips are in. You, you believe in Jaden Daniels and his durability. I, I, we've seen him in person. He looks like a rock star to us. I, I mean, he's going to go very early. And the thing is this is even if I have my questions about Jaden Daniels, the guy has played superior football the past year and a half. And I always believe that you want to get a quarterback who's on the upswing in the draft. You don't want to get a guy coming off a down year. I mean, Drake May had his bumps in the road this season. Caleb Williams had his bumps in the road this season. Jaden Daniels, the only guy who literally for a season and a half has played better and better and better football. Uh, didn't go to the senior bowl, obviously, for a reason, because he knows he's going to be a very high pick. Uh, you know, he's got it going on. He, he's got it between the ears. He's, uh, he's really gone from being a thrower and an athlete to a passer. He can pick up yards with his legs. He makes good decisions, and he's going to reap the rewards of it. Now, again, <clears throat> with any quarterback, and we sit here year after year talk about the quarterbacks, you know, it's about protecting the quarterback on Sunday. It's about coaching and developing the quarterback mm-hmm. on Sunday. And some franchises have the right ingredients, do it right. You, you know, you look at the San Francisco 49ers with Brock Purdy leading them in the Super Bowl, you know, a week from Sunday. And there were some franchises, a la the New York Jets, who, regardless of who they select, they just can't get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love Brock Bowers. Where do you have him in the first round? Probably uh, five to uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I I don't think he gets out of the top six or seven picks. I mean, he is a playmaker at the tight end position. He basically plays the tight end position like a big, fast, tough receiver. He's not a bad blocker. It's not his forte because they really didn't ask him to do too much on the line of scrimmage. But when you break down the film, 
You know, he's a very good blocker in motion, so he's not really going to give away that much. But, you're, you know, you're drafting Brock Bowers as a top-ten pick to be a threat, to be a weapon as a pass catcher. And I think he's going to go very, very early. Uh, there's chance, you know, he's going to run probably in the low four, four fives. Keep an eye on what his weight is because his playing weight is about 230. You know, if he comes in the, the combine at 240 or so, let's see if he runs. Let's see how he tests. But regardless, he's just a tremendous football player that has been a, what was a weapon at Georgia for three years. Yeah, it's like he could have come out after his freshman year, and they would have drafted him. Uh, by the way, it's Tony Pauline, guys, sportskeeda.com. Uh, he is the uh, consultant editor and NFL draft analyst. That's so we got him on. Lad McConkey has been a rock star all weekend down in Mobile. Uh, is, did he, could he sneak into the bottom? I could see like uh, a guy like uh, Shanahan grabbing him with the Niners, or does he, is he second round? How far up did Lad McConkey improve his draft stock? Yeah, I think he's a day-two pick. I mean, you're starting to see a transformation uh, at the receiver position, and Lad McConkey is one of those receivers in the sense that they're not really big, they're not four-three guys, they're not two vertical threats, but they're great route runners who know how to separate, how to get open, and basically catch the ball every time it's thrown to them. You saw it last year with Jordan Addison, who was you know six foot, 180 pounds, and ran a four-five-one. You saw it with McConkey. We saw a ton of receivers like that at Shrine Game practices. The week before I went to Senior Bowl, I still think McConkey's a day two pick. I'd be very surprised if he lands in the uh, late part of round one. Are we underestimating Tony Pauline joining us from SportsKeeda.com? Are we underestimating Drake May and what he was in college and what he projects to be in the NFL? Could be. I, I, I mean, I, you, you look at it you, when you look at the top three uh, quarterbacks. He's the prototypical size, the arm strength. He's got some mobility. You know, he makes a lot of great passes down the field. Coming off, I think, I don't want to say disappointing year, but really didn't step it up. Um, he's got all the tools to be a franchise quarterback. There's no doubt about it. And he was a good player at UNC for three years. Didn't really elevate his game last year like I thought he would. Uh, I don't want to put him in that Sam Howell sort of you know, uh, category where Howell, Howell, was, Howell was really ineffective the year before he entered the draft. But when you watch the tape, you saw some good things. You know, I could see it. But, again, I go back to the coaching and the development at the quarterback position, which can be an iffy and, and sometimes very uh, dynamic, tangible, which can be good or bad depending on the franchise. And, Tony, just the, the guy that everyone's got as the, as the dude, and we'll have to wait and see what the Bears are going to do and how they're going to move Justin Fields and who's going to step up. But, you know, we talk about Mike Vick. Mike Vick's last year at Virginia Tech wasn't as good as the year he took them to the Sugar Bowl. Caleb Williams kind of took – it was hard to understand what was going on at USC this year, but he is still the galactic can't-miss number one pick of the world. I, I would say so. I, I mean, I, I don't see it, uh, anybody but Caleb Williams being the first pick of the draft. I mean, he is a – He's a productive quarterback. He's a dynamic quarterback. He's a dynamic personality and leader on and off the field. <clears throat> I think what, <clears throat> excuse me. I think what's going to happen is as you get closer to the draft and people start to analyze these things, the issues with Caleb Williams is he's an arm thrower. He doesn't always set his feet. He doesn't always throw correctly with, with correct footwork. And people are going to talk about how some of the throws that he makes on Saturday really get, you're going to struggle making on Sunday. And there is. I think validity to that, but the fact is the guy consistently finds the, well ways to make plays, ways to move the offense. 
didn't struggle this year, <clears throat> not, not, no doubt about it at times, like Drake May. But, you know, I, 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 lost a couple of offensive linemen, lost Jordan Addison, lost some other targets. And I, I think as far as I was concerned, it was expected from USC as a team. But Caleb Williams is still an outstanding quarterback prospect. Tony, great stuff, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us. We look forward to a couple more visits, obviously, before the draft as things continue to shake out. Go check his stuff out, guys, and read him, sportskeeda.com. Thank you so much, Tony Pauline. Thank you for having me.